0: This is KCSU Stanford 90.1 FM, and this is Ramsey Salty with the Arabalti Show coming to you right from Stanford today with one of my dreams come true idols in the studio, the one and only Khalid Abunaga, a.k.a. Khal Naga Ahlou Sahlafik fi Stanford. Oh my
1: God, I want to do the same intro. Right.
0: This is Khalid Abunaga from KCA. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, you are Khalid Abunaga. <laughs> thank you, thank, you, thank you. you. would have to say Ramsey Salty I mean? Well, my,
1: my <laughs> you know, my character name is Ramsey Salty in the play, playing now in Stanford, which which is what a coincidence! I right. gave I gave him the last name, but the name was Ramsey already. In right. the and I
0: heard you even decided to call him Ramsey Salty. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I usually I mean usually you do like a little um, preparation for the character, and uh, I decided to give him a last name, and um, my friends who are Iraqi Palestinian uh, family name was Salty, so I thought um, I'd give him that last name and to my
0: <laughs> surprise <laughs> there is a ramzi salty and he is a professor in stanford <laughs> where you are now so yeah. let's let tell everybody that the play is called as soon as impossible and was written by betty Chamillet, who's also been at stanford what an amazing collaboration between one of egypt's most talented actors with one of the most uh, amazing playwrights coming in from the arab world directed by our own Samir yep, who yep. of course has been at Stanford for a while. This combination has culminated in this amazing play, which I did see. And what can I tell you, How how Ferenc, si on sait chapeau. Merci. How uh, you know, challenging was this experience of going through it, especially in the time of COVID, maybe first of all, this is a play that is playing
1: with audience, with live audience after a, a year and a half of a, a tragic, um, you know, lockdown after lockdown. And, um, you know, we, we've lived, uh, the whole world lived this uh, incredible reset. Um, and I think I think, hopefully it's a, a blessing in disguise um, that hopefully we all understand how fragile uh, he, he, the, the, our species is and and how we all need um, each other to combat any real enemy and uh, the whole uh, the whole other um, you know animosities like right. uh, you know religious or or political right. is really becomes trivial w- when compared to what we went through so i hopefully hopefully we come out of this as uh, as human beings and as uh, a planet uh, much much stronger and much more uh, wiser uh, yeah. because
0: it did represent a lot of challenges for you as an actor trying Absolutely. to perform a live piece with all Absolutely. the you know pandemic rules around yeah. us at, at the university yeah. you did manage to do it live for yeah. a while we were thinking you were going to stream the yeah. play which would have been a shame it's not only a shame it's traumatic for actors if you i did
1: a, a streamed um uh, live performance from uh, Marine theater company just before and I have to tell you it was traumatic that I've never never I would have never imagined that it would traumatize me as, as it did uh, performing every day every night um, to an empty theater w- w- for a camera and also imagining uh, people's reactions I mean it's it was crazy but something happened actually and I I realized that um, maybe maybe um, even if the audience was uh, online, uh, something happens. And, uh, and we got some feedback. And um, odd, right. oddly enough, I actually found out that um, what I felt at certain spots in the, in the play uh, with the audience that is online, um, imagined, is, um, is true. And uh, yeah. that, that was interesting. But coming back to it as soon as possible, right. yes, it was a big challenge. But I think it was, the, the, I think it's very important to bring people from the industry to um, the academia and with to, to you know uh, in in place with students something is important uh, it, something really important happens when students are involved with people from the industry because no matter what you do um, you need to n- be in touch with what's happening outside you're still uh, very protected in a, in a in a nice bubble as a student especially in you know Ivy League uh, 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 universities uh, like Stanford where you're pretty much pampered, you have everything you want. And that's not usually the case in, in outside. And it's it's important to see how you fill in the blanks if you go through problems in productions or how you solve these, um, you know, real world issues. And I think it's important to, to have that. Uh, and I, thankfully, I have that uh, here. But also, as an actor, as a professional actor, you actually also learn a lot coming back to... Um, a department, a theater department, where you can actually um, see and remember you as a student, how you learn things and how it changed, how how teaching theater changed
0: uh, throughout the years. And uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, to both of us. And, and of course, I mean, uh, you know, so I'm going to solve it by now. How how did the connection happen? I mean, how did you come to do this play at Stanford at this time. So um, I have no idea,
1: (laughs) but uh, I believe, I believe in fate and I believe that you attract uh, not only that, that, that people look for or cast you for uh, roles that they think you're good for or, or suitable for. I think what happens sometimes is that when you, when you already uh, do a lot of work and you have a body of work you kind of uh, send those vibes that people would would send you the work that you would like and uh, so the work finds you as yes. well and i think that's what's been happening to me in the past maybe
0: uh, uh five ten maybe 20 years wow. and so this was the case here where like you know were you're familiar mm-hmm. with patisha mia and and, and samir sabir before you came no, to stanford no, it no, just no, happened no but i feel lined
1: up no yes exactly starts lined up and uh, i've I feel like they're family now, yeah. which is what theater does, you know. You become a family, and um, I just had a long uh, conversation with Betty uh, last night, and uh, I feel like I've known her wow. not only through the play or, or the rehearsals. Actually, I've known her for so long, wow. and it's it's just uh, yeah. baffling to me how how there's there's more. Um, to theater and and working on a on a play uh, than what meets the eyes. I think there's a lot more. This is this is why when. I directed a play called, uh, you know, adaptation for Oliver the musical in in Jordan, and the uh, the 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 reason was that we were looking for a way to uh, integrate uh, Syrian refugee children, Palestinian children, uh, together with Jordanian children, because the schools have um, uh, you know segmented the the hours, morning hours for uh, Syrians, and uh, you know uh, uh, for sorry for Jordanians and uh, and evening hours for Palestinians and refugees. So we wanted to get a you know make a project that would basically include everybody and, and uh, it was the perfect idea to bring them into a play wow. uh, they all became a family and, at and this is
0: in Jordan featuring kids mm-hmm. from Jordan and I said wow uh, I mean I, I, back to the play I just was going to say also that they were very lucky that you were. You're actually now based in Los Angeles, Khalid. Yes, and and that uh, you have been doing a lot of work in the states. Uh, we all are familiar with your archive in Egyptian cinema. Who doesn't know microphone? Who doesn't know uh, you and Harabiya, for example? But uh, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? I mean, how did you end up in LA now? Are you based there? And are you doing more theater now? Are there any projects uh, you'd like to share? To be honest, I think I think right now the world is
1: becoming one big stage for artists. Um, especially after COVID, now <laughs> a lot of people are, are used to have um, you know Zoom and uh, online presence, and it's been there already for actors. I mean, we send uh, you know um, casting tapes through the internet, but it's it's more now apparent that the whole world uh, understands. Uh, what, what what it is to have internet. And uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, we used to say that before. In microphone, there's a line that says, it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, what matters is what, what you want to talk about and, and who you want to reach. In Arabic. In, in Arabic, Arabic yeah. Yusra uh, uh, um, <laughs> Luzi was interviewing, um, uh, yeah, was being interviewed in that, in that video clip and they uh, 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 لازم نكون في القاهرة ولا ممكن نكون في اسكندرية ف هو قال مش مش مهم بيفكر this is a generation that thinks that
0: way yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we went we to egyptian because i have to tell you what an amazing feeling you have when you speak to an egyptian native speaker there is a way in the way you speak when you speak egyptian your lights your eyes light up differently there's really? a melodious yeah I'm <laughs> i am know you that and you, it know, brings you know back who, memories you know who you know who i as a child i always loved
1: watching sabah speaking wow. uh, in in arabic uh, in egyptian f- movies because ah, she had the a, a singer it, yeah, sabah yeah.
0: speaking in egyptian Yeah, in egyptian. It, it, because
1: because because she had this beautiful i don't know the, there was something about her when she spoke uh, in egyptian dialect that was such um, charming, really, and uh, so she managed. And she managed, she managed yeah, yeah you she wasn't
0: here a, a fake no, uh, Egyptian. No. I think She worked a lot yeah. on the alayh alhamdulillah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. so I, I think I think uh, uh, I mean I think it's it's a great, rich uh, thing to have to have different diverse. Uh, dialects and uh, and cultures in one big culture, al mm-hmm. ummiyani, as in what in Arabic, and I, I think know.
0: it's a it's, it's a beautiful thing. We should uh, embrace it and uh, be very lucky, feel very lucky that we have that. You know, speaking of dialects, and Arabic dialects, and this is a conversation you and I were having about you know teaching Arabic also at universities like Stanford to you know non-Arabic speakers, and it brings back to mind your ability to switch from language from um, dialect to dialect within the Arabic language. I mean, when I saw you or when we saw you here at Stanford, when we screened Eyes of a Thief, we were all astounded at the fact that you mastered that Levantine Palestinian dialect while working with an actress (laughs) who's actually an Algerian singer, Sohad Massey, and you both managed to do that, but especially when it came to you. How difficult was it, although you're an Arabic native speaker, how, how difficult is it for you to take on roles where you have to speak Arabic, but with a different dialect? But
1: the, the dialect was a, a very funny because every Palestinian I met, <laughs> I was in Jordan preparing, and uh, every Palestinian I met gave me a completely different way of, of uh, you know pronouncing a word or, or yeah. a sentence. Every street had sometimes its own accent and its own uh, background. So uh, I ended up having a very, I was very lucky, to find this uh, engineering student, a girl, Palestinian from Nablus. And I said, okay, you know what? This is the accent I'm going to use. Also, we we chose an accent that is
0: easy for, uh, you know, Arab audiences to understand all over the. uh, uh, Kudos uh, to Najwa Nazar, who was able to, you know, direct this film under very difficult circumstances, the the shooting scene and and insisting on doing it on location. Uh, I would be amiss if I didn't ask you how it was working with Saad Masi, who is a favorite here on the Arabology show. It's been 10 years of playing her songs and we love her. So so basically, I I
1: had no idea uh, Najwa was going to uh, bring Soad Masi in the role. And when I found out, I was ecstatic of course because first of all I love Soad. Uh, she's a I'm a big fan but also all my friends are big fans and all the young um, bands in Egypt I was doing a movie called Microphone and they're all young bands uh, to, to them she's she's a big uh, thing because uh, of her music or her you know genre it's it's very in as you say in the mainstream culture in Egypt at that time and till now and uh, I I didn't know that she can act even and then uh, Najwa said well she's still um and you know, not she didn't confirm 100% because she's afraid of that but then uh, apparently uh, so I had happened to know me because I arranged for some concerts in Cairo and she was there and so she said oh well, maybe maybe then if it's Khalid, maybe maybe it it will help because it's someone I know and uh, so it kind of um, worked from uh, different different again it's like fate like meeting you Ramsey it's <laughs> it's incredible I mean, how how everything how the dots connected and how fate connected us me creating a, a, a name Ramsey Salty in my mind for my character in the play and then I found out that it, it, it exists and <laughs> someone I, I know
0: it's too, it's too good to meet you it's, it's mean, incredible when I was at the play hearing you play the role of Ramsey, every time somebody said Ramsey, I would jump <laughs> and people in the knew me, would like you know look at me that way but a big uh, salutation to Soad, of course uh, yeah. who is an Algerian independent singer she's amazing yeah. and incredible so happy that you guys got to work together yeah. on that film when she
1: came to San Francisco I, I actually arranged for a, an underground um, the fusion uh, po- uh, concert with uh, with bands in San Francisco.
0: Wow. I wow. <laughs> would that I knew you. You, you missed that. Uh, that would, yeah. I would have loved to be a fly I, on I that, recorded all it. All <laughs> I, will, I will send you a recording. <laughs> uh, Khalid, one of the films that everybody brings up when I say I'm going to speak to Khaled Abunaga, or Khal Naga now, um, is, you know, Microphone. It's such a favorite. I mean, what is it about that movie that you think um, appealed to so many people, not only in Egypt, but also in the Arab world and in the West.
1: Microphone is very dear to me. And by the way, I I use both names, Kalnaga and Khalid Abulnaga, because I believe I am um, bicultural, binomial, um, And I found out that Egypt at some point uh, had that um, when during the Byzantine era, um, every uh, city, every person had uh, a a Greek name and an ancient Egyptian name. For example, Arkalyon, the the port happened to be Tonis, which is the same city. Nobody knew that until they found it. They found it under the Mediterranean. It's sunk, but it's there with with the streets. Everything is actually intact uh, uh, under sediments of sand, but it, the name of the city is written uh, Arkalion in Greek and Tonis, which became, by the way, Tunisia uh, Tunes, later Tunes, when, Tunes people, when people when uh, people left Tunes, to Tunisia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is wrong with having two names? Nothing. You speak two languages, you can have two names. So I decided to have, with the internet, I decided to have a, a mononym Kalnaga because yeah. it's much easier, much much shorter, right. easier to pronounce. And uh, yeah, so microphone was yeah. an because incredible... Because back
0: then when yes. you did microphone, <laughs> it was still Khaled <laughs> I, I used both all the oh, time. Oh, you did even then? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, for, for audio, Audiences or listen, uh, listeners to this show, especially in America, who don't know about how iconic that film is. I mean, how can you describe the experience? Of that And why do you think that that movie had such an impact on audiences?
1: I think if you're honest as, a, as an as an artist in general, especially storytelling um, art, if you're honest to your surrounding, if you're actually honest to one story, you end up being uh, telling a story of something much bigger than that one story. Um, so in, in in Microphone, and Heliopolis actually, with Ahmad Abdullah, first-time director in Heliopolis, uh, second film was Microphone, he was walking in Alexandria and he found a graffiti, a very funny graffiti, almost like a Banksy-style graffiti. Uh, they were mocking the TV show El Beit Baytak and they changed the tape with a dodd.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll and, we'll, explain, <laughs> we'll explain that uh, joke later, but anyway, so so he said, one oh, God, somebody is really funny here and doing this uh, graffiti, maybe we should do a documentary, and then it grew up to become uh, what what it is, and uh, the idea was to be honest to stories from the youth and the underground music bands of alexandria even the big, little little guys who used to do skateboarding and bring that into a documentary and then it, we decided to make it a, a feature film where we blended the docu side by by a dramatic storytelling side and this is how a microphone was born and uh, to our to our big surprise yeah. uh, by the time it was released uh, the date uh, is very iconic: twenty fifth of Jan, two thousand eleven. Wow!
0: Because that is the date for the
1: the, the bi- basically the onset of the Egyptian revolution as part of the Arab Spring. Um, Tahrir uh, Square. Cha- yeah, America, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. From Tunisia to Egypt to Syria. To, uh, so um, surprisingly, all these underground bands became above ground in Tahrir Square a few months later. Yeah. So the movie was pretty iconic because of that, I think, because it kind of uh, predicted not not really by us knowing but only because we were trying to be honest to the stories of those bands and, and youth in Alexandria and it kind of told the story of a generation that uh, feels underrepresented um, not understood um, fought a lot because of the ways they fuse uh, music which is which is which is incredibly important to learn that the whole new um, music, Um, world and 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 the 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 music bands uh, that uh, basically exploded throughout the arab world happened because finally they are okay with mixing and matching from different cultures and different genres and this is this happens in every every time in in history when you when you find a a good healthy environment for art to thrive it's when when you let people borrow and listen and and not be confined to like in microphone uh Abdul Wahab or Umm uh, or Sit oh. Fairuz, with, with a great respect, but you need to open up. Yeah. Even Fairuz, even uh, Abdel Halim brought uh, uh, organs in and in, 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 in different uh, musical instruments. So you need to open up. The, the more you're closed to the same genre, thinking this is you, your identity. Alauraiv. Great. But it's not really it's limiting to right. to artists. and and, that, and that's what happened in microphone. And that's what happened in two thousand and eleven. And this is how you get this explosion of
0: you know all experimentation with music styles and genres now. Yeah. and you're absolutely right because here we are ten years later and they were in 2021. Mm-hmm. And the music that was considered underground and that would play on the Airbaldisha all the time, you know, from Kairoki to Yusrat Hawari to mm-hmm. all these amazing Egyptians and Aman and Mathluthi from Tunisia, who was, of course, active in the Tunisian soundtrack to the revolution, have all of them come... Like you said, it's almost like mainstream. mainstream it took yeah. 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Microphone, the film, and its message, and your acting in it, I think that was prophetic of something to come because that movie is still as interesting to watch today Absolutely, as yeah. it was 10 years yeah. ago. I mean, I am not. I know that time is very limited for us today. Khaled, I would have loved to go into your journey during the past 10 years from the Arab Spring to today. But suffice it to say that you are now happy and working in L.A., You're doing a lot of projects, including the project we just spoke about as soon as impossible here at Stanford. Uh, What's the next step for you? Are you one of those actors who has to think ahead or are you just in the moment? Sometimes you, you're lucky to have something
1: <laughs> prepared if, because of COVID and all that. Right. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of projects that I'm working on. But also, I'm thinking to um, the, the lockdown helped me go back to engineering, and uh, I kind of uh, taught myself blockchain technology and stuff that I kind of uh, missed throughout the years that I was focusing on film and cinema and, and play and theater. So now I'm um, I'm thinking seriously to do some. Uh, um, Technology uh, slash, um, um, so it's uh, what we call NFTs. It's it's, it's, a, it's a little bit off topic here, but anyway, it's it's no, no, how, no, how you think. how you uh, make music, art, plays, film, and um, and. Uh, basically have that be sold on the blockchain using blockchain technology where it enables people and artists to always get a revenue
0: without a middleman without oh, and that's i think it's the future of it's much uh, needed yes so yeah. i think mean, covid mm-hmm. underlined how much actors and people in show business yeah. in general are suffering because of that especially i think actors from Outside, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, for Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are you comfortable with the Hollywood scene now? Do you feel pretty at home where, in I, LA? I have a <laughs> lot of friends, but I have to tell you, LA is very alienating. Um, uh, if you're in the, um,
1: you know, Hollywood scene, you, you you just have this bubble. If you're in the uh, tech, you you have this bubble, and, and and people live in bubbles. And people, when they go back from you know driving hours, they don't want to go out again, drive uh, to see other people. So <laughs> people end up always in the same bubbles, which is very alienating. Um, in, in in contrast to San Francisco or New York where it's a city but has a, it has a center where people still go out and socialize of course pre-COVID, hopefully post-COVID as well mm-hmm. and that, uh, that makes people uh, more Open to know, uh, like you create friends. Like I didn't make a lot of friends in in LA inside LA. I knew them from work, and and that's it. Mm-hmm. In San Francisco, I I lived here for a year, and uh, I I had I made much more m- m- friends than than a- than uh,
0: than LA. So, but 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 that tells you something about the, the architecture and how it affects people, like right. how it's right. spread out. And yeah. most cities are in California, and yet they're so vastly different. Yes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I am so proud of you, Chadi. I can't believe how generous you are with your time today. I'm, I'm you. kidnapping you from place to place on yeah. campus you have a performance and tonight which is to of yeah. <laughs> course the uh, final night for As Soon As Impossible and it's going to be your uh, last performance at Stanford but it, hopefully it's not your last association with Stanford we have a lot of things coming up hopefully we're going to discuss with the audience soon but before I go I'm offended I can only you can only hear people who are in Egypt who are who are listening to the Arabic Arabology every time to can them in the Arabic for my Egyptian fans <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: مساء يا اهلا وسهلا شرفتونا <تصفيق> يعني حابب حابب طبعا انه يكون في مستمعين في مصر او في العالم العربي بيسمعونا انا ما بفرقش قوي بين مصر والعالم العربي بعتبره عالم واحد وبعتبر أنه الوطن يعني ثراؤه يجي من الدايفرسيتي او الاختلاف الكبير اللي بين الاقطار المختلفه وده حاجة لازم نكون يعني فخورين بها فليكم كلكم
0: <as> the we stay tuned everybody the Arabology show we're going to play some music from the Arab spring right now care courtesy of Khaled Abu who is going to rush and watch the and, and perform Stanford for the play as soon as possible Khaled, thank you. Thank you so much, Ramzi.